Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Emotionally Online with your host, Maddie Drosbeck. Show for spilling guts and sharing speak secrets. We're back and I can't talk. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, one of the original founding fathers, <laughs> the original lad, Jordan. <laughs> it's good to be on the island, love. <laughs> I'm joined by my great pal jordan we're entering we're adding another jordan to the maddie drawspec universe yeah, i'm a different one <laughs> the other jordan yeah jordan is one of the original lads yeah of the lads on tour that i speak so highly of on this on this podcast my trivia team that is at one day going to victory we're gonna get there one of these days yeah uh, we're number 84 in the entirety of new york city right now so i mean listen not to flex on all you idiots out there but <laughs> we're doing pretty good um the goal is to get top 60 in new york this season this trivia season i have hope but me too i, I also know that I'm not going to study for, tri <laughs> for trivia. You know what? I've started, actually. You have? I've started playing uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Jeopardy on my phone. Okay. Just to, like, absorb useless knowledge. So now I know that Shakespeare's mom's name is Mary, in case anyone ever asks me. Maybe. Maybe we'll get <laughs> So I'm just saying. It, let's not write it off. And I, I thought that maybe I would start watching Jeopardy, too. Okay, yeah. I haven't done it yet, God, but it's maybe, on my to-do. Maybe I do need to. <laughs> I told you, the the one thing that I refuse to do is watch sports so we can get sports questions yeah, correctly. No. I will never do that. I can't go that far. But I'll absorb useless knowledge that I just like hope will maybe yeah. come up. I will do anything for the lads, yeah. but I won't do that. Like I'll, I'll start paying closer attention to my Discover Weekly on Spotify just to, like out of hopes that like one day one of those songs will be played yeah or at least i'll just recognize the voice there was something that i wanted to tell you about trivia that popped into my head right before we started filming and now i forget what it was from last week oh okay okay so trivia drama trivia drama there's another team that wanted to name themselves lads on tour and we just got it first so basically, I noticed that when I was trying to look at the citywide standings of how our team stacks up against everyone else, I noticed that our scores weren't pulling correctly into the sheet. And so I emailed the trivia board to be like, hello, my team's scores aren't pulling in correctly. And they were like, oh, uh, they weren't pulling in correctly because there's another team that just registered last week called Lads on Tour but they play in Manhattan. They've only played twice. They updated the scoreboard. So now like ours is lads on tour and then theirs is lads on tour Manhattan. Is somebody impersonating us? Well, that's what I'm saying. I was is like- one of you? I was like, come on. Who's, who's doing it? Like, is it a sheer coincidence or was someone out there like, they have a good trivia name. So I'm gonna steal it. <laughs> Little do you know you're fucking with my scores. <laughs> Oh my gosh so they like 
it wasn't registering what was happening it, it just like wasn't pulling like their whatever formulas they're using in the sheet their shitty scores were bringing down our it made score. no it was like i looked at it and was like that's not correct mm. and when i emailed them to ask they explained it to me and then when i checked today to look at the updated sheet there was a lads on tour manhattan added well we're the originals right which is why they gave us the original title and you know what i've said before well nobody in new york is allowed to use it but i've said that like if you and your friends want to use the lads on tour name like i'll license it to you you just have to give me 20 percent of your earnings if you ever win at trivia yeah we are on tour right exactly this is lads on tour enterprises like we can we can recruit other teams but not in new york city you cannot play in the New York City Trivia League. This is our turf. That's Listen, this is where we play. There's only one lads on tour in New York. <laughs> so, yeah, someone was trying to come for our gig. And I wonder if they're listening. Like, I feel like this is like silent threats going back and forth. <laughs> We're not mad at you. We just need to know who you are. No. And where you live. Yeah. Is so we can come and have a nice chat with you. <laughs> and then... The lads have to duke it out. And ultimately, the Who? trivia the trivia commission decided that you had to be lads on tour Manhattan. So we are the one if, true lad. If anything, they've already made the decision for us. <laughs> so just something to think about. So before we get into it, Jordan, hello, hi. Little introduction for the fans, for the viewers. Yeah, I met Jordan last last summer. Yep. We met at the Hero Sunscreen Truck. Yeah. You you talked about it briefly with Alex and yeah. oh my God, my my heart melted. I was like, <laughs> I've made it. She's talking about me. This is great. But yeah, last summer you put out on your Instagram story that you were going to be at the Hero Cosmetics pop-up thing. And I saw it and I had like this moment of like, do I do it? Is it going to be too parasocial <laughs> if I show up? Because I'd been watching you for a while. I'd had this inkling that we could be friends. But I was also just very afraid of overstepping my bounds. Because you're very open on your YouTube channel. That I I was so nervous of like showing up and being like, I know all of these things about you. Yeah. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> I'm just showing up and saying, hey, we could be friends. Um, but I got over that. I went the pop-up said hi and i don't know we just you just followed me back on instagram and we got dinner or something when was that i was thinking about that the other day when when the truck was in july yeah and then when did we hang out i have no idea i was very nervous to like (laughs) reach out honestly because i i was I was like, I don't want to be overbearing. I don't want to overstep. But like we've had, we've gotten there over time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we, we started hanging out regularly this year. Yeah. After we went to Ruby's. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've seen you like all the time since then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at trivia. Yeah. I'm crying on your kitchen floor. <laughs> all the, all the good things that friends do for each other. And here we are today. Yeah. So you live in New York. Yep. You are a furniture designer. I am. Yeah. Other Jordan is the flight attendant. I'm the furniture, furniture designer. designer. Yeah. This is how you'll tell them apart. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, um, I went to art school, graduated at the beginning of the p- pandemic, scared for my life, but everything has kind of worked out. I do furniture. I, I spend a lot of time looking at lighting and designing homes that I cannot afford, but I'll get there one day. One, one day I will be able to purchase something that I design, but I love it. I brought Jordan here today because Jordan, like myself, has a lot of opinions. And I think that we consume a similar section of the internet, but it is a section of the internet that doesn't overlap with any of my other friends. Like, I feel like the the internet stuff that goes on that I would talk to Jordan about, I don't have anyone else that I could talk to about yeah. that. <laughs> And and we find a new intersection like every day. We yeah. found one out today, like yeah, like, like, 30, like literally 30 twenty minutes, minutes ago, ago. I brought out. Do you know Stephen Subtick? And Maddie was like, "Yes, I do." So that's another mm. one. But yeah, I feel like every time we've talked about YouTube, another layer has. Yeah. But yeah, I was. I've always been extremely online, even if I wasn't an active participant. Like I've never posted a YouTube video or had any desire to like really put myself out there but I've always been lurking mm-hmm. and definitely on some of the like more fringe sides of the internet I guess yeah I just I love the drama <laughs> and um I feel like you would you say that you watch Hassan the most out of everyone yes I am a Hasanabi head <laughs> haters be deterred <laughs> I'm I'm always there. Um yeah, I've I feel like I've been watching him for a good deal of time, but I like many other people like really got into streaming over the pandemic because I was alone in my apartment and it's just kind of nice to have a live feed of somebody yeah. just like hanging out and not doing anything too serious. I mean, Hassan is always screaming, so that's a little yeah. bit different. But I definitely got more into stream, <laughs> like different streamers over the pandemic. And I'm like and a baby on Twitch. Like I, I consume Twitch content, but I'm still like, I feel like I'm the I'm on the outskirts of Twitch for the most part. There's just so much of it. There is so you know? much. Like for as often as i'm in hassan's stream i am not there eight hours a day like he is and i even thinking about that i'm like yeah i can maybe handle like three or four hours in his but i can't imagine if i were following like six or seven streamers religiously because like i don't have enough hours in the day Mm -mm. to watch that no i feel like i've watched hassan now and then um because of h3 because of h3 because obviously i talk about how h3 is what i consume the most of on the internet every episode every week i watch it all i don't miss a minute like i'm i'm in the h3 universe and so when they started doing leftovers um i started watching hassan's stream every now and then i think the well, first I was watching like replays on YouTube of when he was watching like the psychology videos. Yeah. And, and then um the when Ethan went on for the is it Chad Vice? Mm-hmm. 
I watched that stream and then I watched a few in like the months that followed when Ethan went on for that. Um, I watch a lot of Among Us videos. Mostly I'm watching like reruns and of that people repost on YouTube because I'm I can never keep track of when people go live. Yeah. And I'll, honestly, I just want to see the good games. So I'm like, I'll wait till they repost them later. Well, Among Us VR is coming out I soon. saw that. So I'm like, get me in that yeah, headset. You think Disguised <laughs> Toast isn't going to like pick oh, back there, up again? Oh, for sure. I, and I'll be there. Dude, I'll be in those. I'll be in the chat. Can AOC and Ilan Omar please make a surprise comeback to do... In Among Us VR. In, in Among Us VR. I want to get in there so badly. The thing is, is that I watch so much Among Us, but I can never play because I don't have anyone to play with. And if I, if you go just play random on Among Us, like you're just playing with a bunch of 12 year olds. Yeah. Random on Among Us is really It's not awful. fun. So it's like, I just have to sit and watch. So when I saw the Among Us VR thing come out in my heart, I was like, I hope that this reignites everybody's interest in Among Us. So I'll have people to play with. Um, but I feel like that's really all I watch on Twitch is among us i watch a lot of ludwig i love him i never watched ludwig's stream yeah but i watch all of his like mogul mail videos and um he's a good egg like, yeah i've i haven't known about him for very long i mean like i've i've kind of everyone that i know is attached to hassan in some way or yeah. another that's kind of how i discover discover everyone and I feel like I've only been like aware of Ludwig for the past year, but I guess he yeah. he came up rather recently. Yeah, anyways. definitely. I discovered him because YouTube started recommending me Ludwig, Ludwig and Cutie Cinderella like cute moment compilations. They're so cute, <laughs> and so I started watching them, and I was like, oh, I like these guys. Yeah. And then I just started like sort of on the outskirts watching both of them, but. I feel like a lot of my like awareness of Twitch and like Twitch news, Twitch drama does come from H3 because I'll talk about it on the show anyways. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like super involved, but I'm involved enough that I want to talk about it. And you're like the only person I know that knows even a little bit about Twitch things. Yeah. I'm my brain is rotting for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to monitor it, but I mean, I, I am a chatter at the end of the day yeah. and something's going down and I'm there. Right. Like, believe me. I was, I was in the stream with Hassan and XQC and I um, wish Ludwig, I was there. Like, what was it like two weeks ago when yeah. everything, when like gambling was being threatened. So of course XQC was on some dumb shit because <laughs> he has to defend how much money he makes gambling or whatever. I was there and it's it's funny that people talk how even you said you're like I wish I were there because between all of them it was like 400,000 people were That's watching wild. live which is insane like local tv doesn't even like right. pull those kind of numbers but like you a, a bunch of nerds on the internet fighting like yeah. we are there <laughs> in an instant just to watch people I love scream at each other yeah, I live for the drama. Like, there's some part of me that is a hater at heart. Yeah. I just love watching the drama from the outskirts. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm really not, like, an active chatter. No, I'm not, I just like, watch. I'm not screaming at anybody. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. But I'm just, like, 
I'm sitting there. I'm watching all of this unfold. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like I'm an H3 member and I don't think I've ever typed in chat yeah. once, which is like half the appeal of being a member because H3 doesn't really do anything for members. They do like, they just started as of two weeks ago doing a Tuesday show just for members. But before that it was like the only perk to being a member is that you can chat during live streams. Yeah. And I didn't even do it. Cause I was like, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared to chat. What if, what if they see me? Right. And what if they call me out for something? Right. I think maybe that's my fear with Hassan. I don't think I would say anything inadvertently stupid, but the no. way that Hassan will just pick somebody yeah. out. You're like, you didn't even realize yeah. you're stupid. And now you feel like a dumbass. Yeah, And he just puts you on the edge of the guillotine. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And then I'm going to block you. And 30,000 frogs are just like right. chanting for your downfall. <laughs> I'm very scared of yeah. that. Even though I don't think I would ever actually say something that would put me there. No. I'm afraid. Yeah, no. I, I get too scared to chat because I also worry that there'll be people in there that like know who I am. Because I, I think like I, I view like my my like experience as a viewer on YouTube and my experience as a creator is being completely separate yeah. experiences. You don't have a sock account to bully? No. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I'm when I'm in like the age when I'm in the age three live stream, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I want to say this and I'll like type it out and then I'm like, don't hit submit. Cause it's like, it's going to come up as a verified account is saying this. Yeah. It's a Maddie Drossback check. <laughs> I'm like, that's humiliating. I'm a verified account in this chat right now. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> so I just never do. I think the only time I ever did was when uh creator clash was happening and ab was fighting yeah. and I was so stressed out that I was chatting. <laughs> it, it triggered me to start chatting. <laughs> yeah no I've always even though I'm not like an active participant in the community in that way I've always liked having the community yeah. that is involved in streaming yeah. I think that's the other thing because I definitely started following Hassan during like well I started really getting into it around like the 2020 election so like a ton of people were like there learning more about the U.S. candidates and the political standing of everything and I think that was yeah. kind of cool because a lot of people were like actually trying to learn something and everybody was learning from each other, yeah. which I don't know. doesn't always happen in online communities. Yeah, definitely. But no, I'm not, I'm not very talkative. <laughs> I'm just watching. Yeah, just very attentive. Yeah. And the thing is, I never even like take advantage of the fact that there is chat in any way. Cause usually I'm watching on my TV. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I can't see the chat. I just watch them and I sit inside my brain and I go, this is happening right now. They're doing this right now. And I just like have fun with that thought. That's the appeal to me. Yeah. Being able to sit and watch live. And when they talk, I'll like talk back <laughs> instead of chatting. I'll just say my response yeah. out loud. Oh, I've 100% done that. Yeah. As if some, as if I was actually talking to someone. Um, we'll check back in later to see if that's a problem. <laughs> I mean, I told you I'm very scared of being parasocial, <laughs> and people on Twitch cannot help but be yeah. parasocial. Yeah, it's true, and that's actually a big part of what we're going to talk about today. So I wanted to talk about the 
uh, Amaranth situation that's happening right now. I pulled some advice requests that you guys left. Uh, so we're going to go through all of those before we get into that, because those are things that are going to involve our utmost attention and a lot of opinions. So before we get into all of that, a palate cleanser of sorts, because this week I discovered that I have no idea what a lot of celebrity men look like. And this is something that I have never known about myself. But the most recent episode of H3, they sent one of their employees to a wax museum and she like couldn't identify any of the celebrities in the wax museum. And so they were making a joke about it and they started quizzing her being like, okay, do you know who this person is? And I'm watching the show and they're all making fun of her because she has no idea who these people are. And I'm realizing that I don't know who these people are either. (laughs) They showed a picture of Robert De Niro. I've never seen that man before in my life. They showed a picture of Bill Murray. I also had no idea who he was. And then they showed Bruce Willis, who I think maybe I could have gotten if I looked a little longer. And then also Samuel L. Jackson, which maybe I could have gotten if I looked a little longer. Because I can look at him and go, I know what he was in. He was in Pulp Fiction. I have no idea who he is, though. Can't put a name to the face. And this feels like a thing that is exclusive to male actors, Because I can pull out most women, unless they have like an extreme lookalike. Another one that I didn't get, they showed a picture of Natalie Portman. I thought it was Keira Knightley. But they look similar enough that I think that's a fair mistake to have made. Obviously, I can pull out like the Brad Pitts, Angelina Jolie's of the world. I think that most of my confusion comes from like beloved celebrities that have stayed out of drama that are men. I have no idea who you are. And so... Because I've just learned this about myself, I thought it'd be fun to get Jordan to basically pull a bunch of random famous men to see if I know them and can identify them just based off one photo. Okay. So I have just gone to the IMDb top (laughs) 250 movies because I feel like these are these are well-known actors. They have yeah. to be if everyone on IMDb <laughs> is like, out. how are you already stressed? I haven't even Because one. I just, I'm going to get bullied for being so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I actually think I know this one and it's because he is in my favorite movie of all time, Silence of the Lambs. Yes. We got there. So this is Anthony Hopkins. Okay. But I only know that because Sounds of the Lambs is my favorite movie of all time. Okay. One point for the lads. (laughs) See, that's the other thing too. That's why it stressed me out when H. Lee started doing this segment because I was like, I need to know these things for trivia. If like someday they ask me about this guy and I like can't put two and two together inside my brain. I'm like, listen, I know Robert De Niro exists and he's an actor, but who, who is he? What has he been in? I couldn't name one movie that Robert De Niro has been in. I'm not even kidding. I don't know. You can't say that out loud. The movie bros are coming I don't know. I have a film degree and I don't know. That is the funniest (laughs) thing. I I called Maddie out on this a few weeks ago at Trivia Night because there was um, the picture round had nine (laughs) pictures from iconic movies. It was like iconic movie props. I don't know them. And one of them was Rosebud. (laughs) From Citizen Kane, which nope. is like the number one. Ooh, old people. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I mean, it. I'm with you. I'm I'm not out here saying that Citizen Kane is the best movie ever. I refuse to subscribe to that. <laughs> but the fact that you, a film major, mm. could not click, no idea. like the the, the like epitome of film that mm. people say i was <laughs> this is hilarious i love it okay we've got another one okay can you name the movie uh, the sunglasses are throwing me off because it sort of looks like jack nichols but i don't think that's him is it am i right is that jack nichols jack nicholson nicholson from the shining yes okay so i didn't know who it was i just sort of got his name wrong yeah do we have this one hmm that could be anybody. Could be anybody. You don't even recognize his face? No, I don't. I couldn't name. I mean, he looks familiar. I mean, there's a there's a last name coming inside my brain. Whoa. I don't think this is right because I don't know who that is. And I don't even know who the name I'm thinking of looks like. Who is it, Maddie? But my... No, it's not. No, it's not. It's who wrong. Is it, Maddie? <laughs> my brain is telling me Gilbert Gottfried. No! <laughs> Who is it? It's J.K. Simmons. Who the fuck is that? I don't know who that is. I've never even heard of them. He was in Whiplash. He was the dad in Juno. I've seen Juno. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I my brain is full of internet knowledge. I don't have any room for all of these movie dudes that are not in tabloids or in any sort of drama. Like, if I don't know you because of drama then I probably just don't know you. Even if I've maybe seen you once or twice in a movie, I won't remember you. Ooh. He's familiar. Italian mob vibes. Am I in the right track? Mm Mm-hmm. Is he in The Godfather? No. Nope. No. Fuck, who is this guy? It's Robert De Niro. Shut up! (laughs) Shut up! See, I told you I don't know who that is! You literally looked at this man this week and didn't know who it was. And I pulled him up again and you still don't know. I don't know what he looks like. I literally looked at him this morning. Oh my God. I I picked that out. I was like, she has to get this. I don't know if I can pull a fast one on her. And I did. I did no idea. The fuck? Uh, This is really distressing to have only just learned this about myself. He doesn't even look like this currently. Um, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know who that no. is. Daniel Day-Lewis. I have n- literally, I would never would have gotten that in any reality. I really am picking out like the man movies too. Yeah. Maybe also, that's the thing. A bunch of movies that I don't watch. <laughs> yeah. Do we know him? Okay, I know he's in Seinfeld. Yes. Um, what's his name, though? I don't know. Jason Alexander. Yeah, no, I never would have gotten nope. it. I just know that he's in Seinfeld. <laughs> he is in Seinfeld. Okay, I can get this one. Um, God, who is that? <laughs> I don't who is he um okay hot yes that is (laughs) that is a factor um oh god damn it i 
Uh, no. I don't think I know. Patrick Dempsey. Ah! Oh! Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That checks out. No. Damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Last one. Hell yeah. Um, That's a man. That is a man. He could be anyone. He could be a news anchor. This could be my next door neighbor. I do not know. He looks British. Not British? I don't think so. Looks British to me. <laughs> I have no idea who Edward that is. Edward Norton. Nope. Nope. No, I don't even know who that is. What is he in? He was in Fight Club alongside Brad Pitt. No, well, I've never seen Fight Club, so. <laughs> I, I love that you haven't seen these movies. I don't think you should watch these movies out of defiance. Well, the thing is, is that like, I don't, I'm not, I don't like anything super bro-y. I'm not interested in mafia movies. I'm not interested in sci-fi. I'm not interested in anything like medieval. I'm not interested in like, I mean, really anything set in like olden times. I'm not into it. Yeah. I'm not into, I mean, maybe I just named everything I'm not into, but I'm, I feel like the stuff that I am interested in watching is like never in those genres. And that's what all of those dudes are cast in. Yeah. I feel like during the pandemic, I definitely went on like a classic movie tirade mm. where I was like, I need to watch these. Like, I can't say that I'm even vaguely interested in film if I haven't seen The Godfather or whatever. So I would watch a lot of these films. And I think a lot of the time I was just kind of like, oh, OK, that was good. Yeah. But. Yeah. Like, was it that good? Or I guess because I'm. I've seen so many like modern mafia movies mm. that clearly learned a lot from The Godfather and built upon it. So I'm kind of more impressed with what people are doing now yeah. versus something that's 40 years old, which yeah. I think makes sense. Like there are definitely older movies that I love and think deserve the hype that they get, but I'm really just not on the bandwagon of thinking that nothing we do now yeah. Could ever be anywhere close to Citizen Kane. Right. Citizen Kane is pretty old. I think we've yeah. had better scenes of somebody going through a rage and ripping up a room than we did in Citizen Kane. I know that was groundbreaking. Yeah. But I would like to believe that people who are alive can also make really good art. Yeah. I like corny movies and then I like horror movies and then like thriller experimental weird movies yeah but everything that's like dudes fighting and selling drugs and going to space snooze no. fest over here yeah. i don't care saving the world i don't care don't care <laughs> i don't care at all yeah i'm i'm 100 like a drama person i want to see a family like yeah fighting and spitting and <laughs> hating each other yeah, exactly. on screen for sure that's my favorite yeah little interpersonal dramas mm -hmm. i agree <laughs> okay well now we know that i'm uh stupider than i thought i was yesterday you still don't know what robert <laughs> de niro looks and i like. will never learn i refuse to learn what robert de niro looks like <laughs> jesus okay so now that we've had a little fun so amaranth this started, this story begins just a few days ago, 
two or three days ago at this point. Uh, the time you're watching this, probably more like five. But Amaranth is a, a very popular streamer. Um, she has put in more hours than like pretty much any other big streamer. I think in the last year she has streamed close to 4,000 hours, which is crazy. I didn't even know that. I yeah. heard that today. I heard her stats compared yep. to the other people that I've mm-hmm. watched and like for reference because obviously I know Hassan's stats like Hassan streamed like a third of last year yeah like one third of every hour in 2021 he was live mm-hmm. and Amaranth streams way more than he does yeah I think someone said it was like close to 50 percent of the time Amaranth is live that's like every moment you're awake yeah pretty much um it's insane she's live more than literally anyone is she's known um she's super fucking hot basically (laughs) and a lot of her uh followers and subscribers that watch her regularly are dudes that think she's super hot she also is um an OnlyFans creator and um but twitch is i believe her primary platform i think so i don't know much about her timeline but i think she was streaming on twitch before much of anything then she got really big around the hot tub streams Mm -hmm. i think if you if you hear about hot tub streaming on twitch my mind immediately goes to amaranth right because she was the first person who really started doing it Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, she started OnlyFans, which I think is her biggest source of income right now is her OnlyFans. But she makes an insane amount of money, like an inconceivable amount amount of of money. money. That's who she is. And basically what is happening right now is she went on live a few days ago and revealed that she has a husband, has had a husband for the last seven years Um, this was not public. She, um, said that she had wanted to make it public, but basically her husband was not letting her, uh, because it would be bad for the business, the business being Amaranth's social presence on Twitch and OnlyFans, because a lot of her following is men who like to believe that they are closer to her than they actually are cosplaying as her pretend boyfriend pretending that they have a chance with her because she is single or presented single online while having um a husband for the last seven years yeah she is definitely selling a fantasy but don't get it twisted she is never doing like boyfriend asmr right where she whispers in your ear no. how much she loves you definitely and how much how excited she is to marry you right she's never doing that Mm-mm. but she is a sex worker she does a lot of streams that are i mean the 24 hour stream is something that set this off now but yeah. she she streams a lot of her life and When you stream that much, I think it's very easy for people to think they know everything about you. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she had a husband and was keeping it secret, um, I think jolted a lot of people Mm -hmm. because they thought they had the privilege of knowing everything in her life when a streamer does not owe that to you at all. Yeah, exactly. 
And um, so she said that she wanted to be public with this information, but her husband did not want her to be. Um, he basically has a hand in every part of her businesses. He, um, he has control over her bank accounts, her finances. Um, and he was basically like a puppet master in the background controlling how much she streams, when she streams, um, all of, you know, the background stuff that goes into being a public presence at like the creating the volume of content that she creates. He was basically forcing her to create at that volume while having full control over her finances. And then if she went against him in any way, he would threaten to harm her, her business, her dogs, and basically blow up her entire life every time that she didn't obey him so she went on stream talked about all of this and then was on the phone with him so people could actually hear the way that he was speaking to her i will link the clips of what was going on on amaranth's stream in the description of the youtube video if you're not watching on youtube you can just look it up but basically they were uh on a phone call Presumably, he would have known that she was live given how much he was controlling her streams, but you can see in some of the texts that she posted that he would often ask her while live to like step out of the room and call him and would demand she do it immediately. So I think that when she answered his call on stream or took this call on stream, he was probably assuming that she had left the room and this wasn't being streamed to her followers like she usually would. Um, so they're on the phone and he is basically threatening to destroy her entire career and kill her dogs because she didn't want to do a 24 hour stream. And then gaslights her into thinking that he never actually said that when she is crying about the fact that he has threatened her career and threatened to kill her dogs if she doesn't do this 24 hour stream. Um, he continues to yell and berate her while her chat is just watching this happen. Um, she's sobbing. And then after the phone call, she goes into more detail about what's been going on behind the scenes. Um, so all of this information is coming out right now. Even people that were friends with Amaranth are saying that they had no idea that all of this was happening behind the scenes. Um, it's, like textbook domestic abuse uh, down to like the last, you know, every bit of information that has come out about this, every second of those videos is it's really difficult to watch and it's really scary. And it's all, um, I mean, it's wild because she is someone that has been streaming so often and has made so much of her life public. So it's, wild that like of the like 50 percent that we didn't see this was what this girl has been dealing with behind the scenes i think the other part that really shocked me is that she is a business yeah like she has a a group of assistants and production people mm. who are in her house who are 
around her life constantly and her husband is apparently one of those people as well um and to think that all of this was just being hidden Mm -hmm. because i mean her production team is always there when she's streaming how did somebody not really notice when she has to leave yeah and mute the stream so that she can go get yelled at or whatever and i mean most of most of the people I see commenting on the internet about it who have all met her through one mm-hmm. way or another are all saying, like, I didn't know she had a yeah. husband. Like, this was completely under wraps. I think a couple, quite a few streamers have commented on it saying, like, yeah, I've checked in on her, but she hasn't responded to anything. I think she was supposed to go live today. Um, her stream was up. Um, but she never came on camera. I think there was some, she put up something about like the police being there. So she wasn't going to come to stream or something, but nobody has seen her or talked to her since. It's wild. And she also showed, um, like aspects of her home that had been damaged because of him. It was like her, some people were in the chat being like, well, why don't you just lock your door? Or, like, you know, just stay away from him, whatever, you know, random, totally nonsensical and unhelpful things that chatters will say. But she was showing how, like, her, her door is completely broken. The lock is broken, the doorknob. And then she was showing these, uh, like, holes and dents in the walls that he had made when he had become physically violent during some of their arguments. And she was also saying that she had tried to explore what like ending the marriage amicably would look like and he basically said that the only way that he would go out uh amicably throughout all of this and leave her alone is if she basically gives him everything that she has he wanted her to take a million and then him to take everything else because he was under the impression that he has built everything for her right So, in response to all of this coming out, you would think that people would be like, that's so horrible and awful. Yeah, you'd think her fans especially Mm -hmm. would be the people saying, that's so horrible. Right. Are you okay? The people that spend like 50% of life with her in stream, you think they would be outraged at the fact that this person that they claim to enjoy, content they claim to support, um, was you know, behind closed doors dealing with something so horrific. Now, a lot of the internet is upset and outraged and scared for her. But a lot of people, particularly the people who have been in her chat, supporting her, sending her money, uh, have not been saying things like that, have not been sending messages of support, have been really upset that she hid the fact that she had a husband because they, I don't know, truly believed they had a fucking chance with her. I guess. Like, I really don't understand being that parasocial. No, like, neither do I. Just because you pay for the highest subscription on our OnlyFans, right. just because you think you have the ability, that you think that she's responding to your your texts on OnlyFans, which she's not. She's probably has a bot or somebody else doing all of her OnlyFans replies. Like yeah. 
just because you think you have that entitlement to your life does not to their life does not mean that you do. Mm-mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so many people seem really upset at the fact that quote unquote, she lied yeah. about having a husband as if yeah. that is relevant at all. Yeah. One of the first tweets that I saw, cause when I first heard about what was going on, I just like, I don't know, maybe I, I still believe the best of people and you hear something so horrible and you think like, oh my God, everybody must be reacting the same way that I am right now. But one of the first tweets that I saw on my feed was from this guy that said, Amaranth has had a husband this whole time, yet I've been gifting thousands of tier threes every month. How do you get a charge back on a credit card? And he linked the videos of her crying on the stream, talking about the situation, which is such a fucking wild thing to say in response to all of this. Yeah, I think... People are saying that this was a joke. I think the guy who oh, tweeted really? this is a streamer himself, so he was making some joke. But what a what an off what color an awful time thing to joke about. Yeah, what an awful time to make that joke. Yeah. Um. But also, you know, there are definitely some of her tier three subs who have that exact and thought, who are like, "I thought this was my girlfriend." Right. You're telling me she has a husband. Yeah. And there's tons and tons of tweets from the people that have followed her essentially saying the same exact thing that this guy said. Um, I mean, I think that like everyone, the type of parasocial relationship that happens between like these OnlyFans creators and the like incel dudes that follow them is like a whole other level of parasocial relationship that I don't think any other creators will ever experience even a minor amount. Yeah. It's just completely different. Yeah. I think I think it was earlier this year Amaranth did a little documentary with Vice, which was really great actually. I didn't know much about her prior to it, so I'm I'm glad that I watched it. It humanized her in a lot of ways um because it was a look behind the scenes, but she talked about one specific instance she had with one of her like stalker fans who like flew to where she lived in Texas got a hotel near like the address of her P.O. box, like really thought that he was in a relationship with her, that they were going to get married or whatever, to the point where he was like fully stalking her when she has never actually interacted with this man at all. He was just in chat. And I, I really don't understand how, how you get to that level. Yeah. Yeah, it crosses, like, so many lines. And it's extra scary because of, like, the nature of her content being someone who makes adult content. So, Keemstar, as always, proves to everybody that he is, like, the actual, like, stupidest person on the face of the planet. He does that a lot. Like, every opportunity he can. What did Ethan say? Ethan was like, it's Keemstar's God-given gift to always have the worst possible take in any situation. And it's true. Think of any situation. Look up what Keemstar's take was in that situation. And I promise you, it's worse than you think it is. Yeah. (laughs) He shocks me every 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 time he opens his mouth. You think that it can't get worse. But it does. (laughs) It absolutely does. And so Keemstar's take on the situation was to say, 
Amaranth told her chat about her husband who has been in control of her bank accounts, taking the money, also threatening to kill her dogs, etc. Guys online have been donating to her for years without realizing the money was going to her husband. Clearly, her husband is abusive. She showed the texts, but... Amaranth herself has scammed so many guys online claiming she was single for years. These Twitch streamers don't care about their viewers. They all just use you and your low IQs to fill their pockets. Also, Amaranth for years got praised for being a genius businesswoman. Based on this new information, the hidden husband behind the scenes was the one making all the business moves. So dot, dot, dot. It's so foul. Like female streamers get so much shit. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Anytime I think about it, it just really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I think Amaranth is the victim of a lot of that shit Mm -hmm. based on her also being a sex worker. Um, I've never watched much of her streams. I've watched maybe like 30 seconds. I'm aware of her because she has guest streamed on other people's um, and I've seen her around and like I mentioned, the Vice documentary. And when I watched that Vice documentary, I remember being, I remember finishing it and being like, oh, I definitely had some views about Amaranth that were not my own. Like I only adopted them because of how the internet spoke about her. And I just thought she was like that. Yeah. Because people just, Twitch is awful to women. Yeah. I... I don't know what the solution is, but it time and time again, we just see again and again, women are just constantly shit on on the platform. Mm-hmm. And especially seeing the success that Amaranth has made from it does not surprise me how yeah. much shit she gets. Um, and it's so disheartening on so many levels, like for her, her business prowess to be, to be questioned because, oh somebody else was in control right it's uh, she's still the one on camera yeah all those hours out of the day she is still the entertainer no matter who is helping behind the scenes or not helping he's controlling her like she's a victim in this and you're gonna find a way to spin it around on her so she's the problem when she's just fully been a victim this entire time, her finances are being controlled. She's being forced to stream for like exorbitant amounts of hours. Meanwhile, there's this guy who's behind the scenes forcing her to do so and berating her, screaming at her, getting physically violent, breaking shit in their house. And your reaction to learning all of this is to go... Well, I guess it was a man behind the scenes anyways, because she's not all that talented. She's been scamming all of her fans, lying, saying that she was single. As if that would change anything. Why would her fans be entitled to know her relationship status anyways? Just because she's a sex worker? I guess. Like... It's just insane. It's, it's so confusing to me. So I saw a thread that someone tweeted, Sweet Anita tweeted in response to everything that's going on. And I think that it is just like so well said. So I'm going to read it. 
She said, men don't unfollow female streamers when they get a partner because they thought they had a chance to date her. They unfollow because jealousy saps the entertainment out of watching someone you fancy. They compare themselves to her partner and feel rejected on some level. You can't exploit or abuse a man by keeping your relationships to yourself. You have a right to privacy. I hope the women of Twitch know this despite the noise. You can't rob men at boob point. The sub was voluntary. They can't buy your solitude if you never offered it. Also, you can't be held responsible for those assumptions. It's absolutely coercive, delusional, and abusive to assume that you can financially obligate a streamer to A, stay single, and B, disclose her relationship status online just because you subbed. Also, people try to kill female streamers' partners. Stalkers have been reported harassing and even trying to murder the partners of their favorite streamers. It's understandable that streamers may choose not to put their loved ones in that position. If you see anyone calling women streamers exploitative for having some privacy, please do your part and unfollow them today. No other worker is obligated to stay single, tell their boss their relationship status, or put their partner's lives online or see their pay docked. Stop normalizing men trying to coerce and control women's relationships with money, then acting like the victim when it doesn't work. You can't own a woman and her private life for five bucks. Stop telling women they deserve abuse if you can't buy singleness or sex from them. And then she put up a poll that said, do you think streamers should have to disclose that they are in a relationship? And 10% of people said yes. Ugh. Isn't that wild? Because it's like, okay, we've got the 90% of people that have their heads screwed on, but then you still have the 10% of people that are like, yes, streamers should have to disclose that they are in a relationship. Are you out of your fucking mind? I, it's, I really just like can't conceive this at all it does it like it makes absolutely no sense to me you know one reaction that i saw i don't know who the guy was um but he was a streamer and he was reacting to her video on his stream and he'd paused it at one second and he said something along the lines of like i'm really trying to focus but her cleavage is just like out in the open right now like I'm trying to focus on this woman who is sobbing and crying and on the phone with her abusive husband and you had the thought of like boobs right I gotta look at her they're right there she can't help but be objectified right now if she really wanted to talk about her abuse maybe she should have put on a sweater first it's like it's so upsetting yeah and that's wild to even like Put something like that online to like say something like that confidently out loud. You just hate women. That's yeah. I I, I don't really know like think, what the other explanation for it is. I think that's what it is. I think a lot of the hate that women get on Twitch is because for so long it was a male dominated space, a male dominated space and a gaming dominated yeah. space. So if a woman is succeeding on the platform by doing something that is not gaming twitch is gonna be like so pissed about it even though like gaming is turning into like a fraction of twitch which i think is good diversify get more content but yeah amaranth does asmr a, a tub stream whatever and people just like cannot help but shit on her yeah Dude, she does gaming. She does Dance Dance Revolution and people are still mad. Right. <laughs> it's. Yeah. It's just like if you, if you are claiming to be 
a fan of someone, you like someone, you send them money every month, you subscribe to them, whatever it is. And then when something like this happens to them, you are not sad for them. You're not angry for them. You're not scared for them. Instead, you are mad at them for not telling you some random person online that they were in a relationship. You don't actually like them. And I think especially in the case of Amaranth being a sex worker and someone that makes a lot of adult content, that makes it even more scary because it's like, not only are you, you clearly don't like her or care for her in any way. You were only consuming all of this content because you were being gross. Yeah. You don't care for her in any way. No, there were people in her live chat when she was having her breakdown who were literally like still hitting on her who were still saying stuff like oh well I could treat you better than him baby Jesus and it's Christ. like this is I can't imagine right I cannot imagine being so brain dead that you see a woman who you apparently really like as a content right. creator you see her in clearly in so much distress and right. pain being shouted at live and you're like I'm still going to hit on right. her. I'm still going to hit on her. To listen to a woman talk about her experience with domestic abuse and then be like, I can't pay attention because her boobs are out while she's talking. Excuse me? I wish Keemstar would keep talking, honestly. I want to know how bad his takes get on this. Right. People shouted at him a lot for that first one, so he mm. shut up. Um, and I just know that it's just going to get worse. Yeah. I wish he would rip the Band-Aid off and, and oh, tell yeah. us how he really feels. Right, keep going, Keemstar. Because he, you know he's going to say something about like... Dig the hole. Yeah, he's going to say something about like, uh, well, why shouldn't I objectify her if she puts this stuff right. out? Like, um, she chose right. to do this. Just say how you really feel. Like, it, it just you're going around what you really mean to say right now. You're almost saying, I don't see women as real people without saying it. Just say it. Yeah. That's clearly what you believe. Yeah. It's really scary. I feel really sad for her, not only because of like what has been going on in her personal life, but because of like her job too. Yeah. And all these people that she has to, now put up with she just opened up about like one of the worst things a person can go through and to go online to be on stream and see what thousands of people are saying in response to have to deal with like thousands of these super misogynistic men who believe that they are fully entitled to every part of you because they send you five bucks a month is like a whole other level of this that is so painful and i yeah i i hope that she has like a good support system yeah. offline but i mean knowing the control that this man yeah. had over her like you can really only get this kind of right. control over somebody by by isolating them yeah. entirely and that's true i'm god i just I really hope she doesn't regret coming out. I yeah. I hope she stands firm in knowing that this was the best thing for her. Because yeah. she's going to see a dip in her subscriptions. For sure. I bet a lot of... And it'll be for the best. Yes. It 100% will be. Um, 
but you know there are people in her life who are already telling her like why did you do this right why did you ruin a good thing you know right and i think the the other thing that you see online i've seen it a few times in relation to this but i think this comes up anytime like something happens online where a a creator streamer is uh like basically being bullied by their fans or you know anybody on the internet they're just like going through it at the hands of the internet is people will say things like well you know what did you expect being a content creator that shares so much of your life what what did you expect people to do sort of like putting it on the streamers and the creators to be like well you signed up for this so it's okay that now you have to read thousands of messages from these men online that feel entitled to every part of you it's your own fault that they feel entitled to every part of you which I think is such a wild response and I think it's it's one that you see across the board but I think it has like sort of a sinister undertone to it especially with like sex workers being like you asked for this absolutely and um I can't imagine like what kind of person it takes to look at someone look at a creator an entertainer who is being abused behind the scenes and then watch people try to come at them when this information comes out to then be like this is your own fault and get mad at them for even deciding to take this career path in the first place it makes me so fucking mad yeah it i think it another important part here is that amaranth said herself that when the hot tub stream started taking off her husband was the person who was like you have to capitalize on this yeah you have to do this and knowing how much he was involved obviously he was pushing her to do all of this stuff that i'm sure she was not comfortable with yeah and yeah it's really hard to turn away a bag like that because she is making so much money but and honestly she deserves to she does (laughs) she deserves she's clearly a great entertainer She she knows what the fuck she's doing every penny you know like she knows what she's doing and she's good at it. Yeah. I completely refute the idea that her husband is the mastermind behind everything. Yeah. Just because he has the passwords and the two-step verification right. doesn't mean shit. She is the one on camera. She's the one doing the damn thing. She is doing it. Sure, she has a team behind her, but right. she is the one who has to be on screen 50% right. of the day. Yeah. This really kills me because I know she's not getting the support she deserves from her community. Yeah. She's right. 100% getting support from people outside who have observed her slightly. Right. Other like, creators. Yeah. People that are maybe ne- ne- just now hearing about her. Yeah. Or maybe have known about her just because of how, you know, large the numbers she's pulling are, but have never watched her themselves. Yeah. There are definitely people who are on her side. For sure. But... And I, I want to say it's the majority yeah. as well. I would like to hope so. But 
I don't think the majority of her of her viewers, of her viewers yeah. are on her side. And I would agree. That must be insane. Yeah. Especially like to be a viewer of someone, to pay for someone who makes sex content, to pay for someone's OnlyFans, and then when you hear that person is suffering from domestic abuse, your response is to go, well, you deserved it because you lied to me. You deserved it because you put yourself in this position. It just blows my mind that you can say that to someone you claim to support. And it's like, what do you want then? Like you're paying for this. You clearly see value in what she's providing you up until you learned that she was married. Yeah. You just didn't see her as a real human being with agency. Right. You just thought of her as the message in your OnlyFans inbox. I don't, I don't know. I, to think that anybody on earth would be like, you know, what's more important than women suffering, suffering from domestic abuse. These poor lonely Reddit men that just had their hearts broken learning that Amaranth has a husband. They're the real victims in all of this. Yeah. Are you guys okay? I, uh, (laughs) If you're paying for sex content, it perplexes me that people are like unself-aware of what they're paying for. Yeah. How you hope the exchange would go is that somebody pays for someone's OnlyFans content. They're paying to, you know, watch this person, see their posts, whatever. You'd hope that they, like, have the emotional awareness to be like, I'm paying for this because I just think it's hot. Yeah. Because I like watching what they do, and that's that. I watch the content that I paid for and then I go about my life. Yeah. I am paying for service. Right. I am not. This is entertainment to me. This is not real life. It's that's all it is. Yeah. Is entertainment. I'm not paying for closeness to this person. I don't even really know this person. And I'm just going to enjoy my entertainment. I'm going to enjoy it for what it is. This person is hot. I get to watch them do X, Y, Z. Great. I paid for it. Go about my life. Yeah. I don't, it scares me the like volume of people that don't see it like that and they don't see it as just being entertainment that they are paying for, exclusive bits of entertainment that they are paying for and they really see it as like paying for parts of a person that they are then entitled to. She found a market that pays very well, but at what cost? Yeah. You know, because I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of sex workers who have wonderful relationships with their subscribers. Sure. Wonderful relationships with boundaries. Yeah. And I don't know how you could possibly teach boundaries to a lot of these people. Yeah. And something gets blurred in, in the realm of streaming. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But there is something that just seems to like snap in people where because it's live. They believe it's like more real. Yeah. Because I'm watching you do it like right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad for anybody with a majority male audience. 
women with majority male audience scary i would be fearing for my life yeah i think (laughs) my audience is like 95 percent women and i'm like thank god thank god yeah (laughs) dude i i feel like i've seen some like some like manosphere youtubers look at their analytics and it's like 98 percent male and they're like huh that's interesting and i'm like how what do you mean why is this shocking where have you been yeah red flag right red flag is 98 percent male viewership Mm, something's not right hopefully there will be better updates to come in this all right so moving on i have pulled three little requests for advice from some of you guys if you don't know there is a question slash advice box listed in the description of the youtube videos and the description of the podcast instagram account at emotionally online pod where you guys can submit your stories your drama you want advice you want to know what's good what i think you just you submit a little advice for requests and i will maybe let you know so first one i have here says hi maddie i'm feeling super conflicted about whether i should move to a different city when my lease is up next july it is currently october i feel conflicted because i've been dating someone for two years and he doesn't know if he wants to move with me and neither of us really want to do long distance we communicate love differently and that causes friction but we both really try and communicate things early on he was also with me this year while i was going through a pretty huge life tragedy he doesn't know for sure if he feels like there's a sturdy future with us so he's hesitant to move cities with me which like fair i've been living in my city for four years now and i'm really over it and he's known that i wanted to move since we started dating i'm not sure if i should break up with him now so i'm not waiting for him to potentially break my heart when the time comes if he doesn't want to move 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 with me or if i should wait it out and take that risk and or not move this year please help i'm so confused sincerely stagnating in seattle I like that the setup felt very news newspaper submission for this one. You guys should start doing that. I like yeah. this sincerely. Sincerely stagnating in Seattle. That was a good little addition to this one. Okay. So you want to move. You want to move to a different city. You don't like where you currently live and you feel conflicted because you're dating someone who doesn't know if he wants to move with you. And you feel like your options are either break up with him now or wait it out and see what he says and take that risk or not move. So I'll tell you right now what you shouldn't do. And the not move option, take it off the table. I think you should move. Absolutely. And I think you know that you should move. Yeah. Um, and you shouldn't change that. Right. Because you know that you don't want to be where you currently are. You should move. Yes. Absolutely. So don't budge on that right. at all. Take that options off the table. So now you're only left with break up with him now or wait and see how things play out. That I think is up to you. I don't think that there's a right or wrong option there. In my head, the like right or wrong option is like moving or not moving. Clearly you want to move. And I don't think that you should sacrifice what you want or what would make you happy for a potential relationship that may or may not grow into something. Um, More like extremely long term. I, I understand like if you've been together for two years, like that's a significant amount of time. And this is not just a little thing that is very easy to let go of. Um, 
but the pressures of turning a relationship into a long distance relationship is definitely something you have to sit down and think about. I think she mentioned that um, she already knew that they had different styles of like of love, yeah. which is good. Evaluate that for sure. Yeah. Because the pressures of a long distance relationship, you have to absolutely know. Definitely. Yeah. The kind of love that you need and the kind of love you are capable of giving somebody else with that added distance. Right. Um, I understand that it's so difficult to cut something off when you, when everything seems to be fine right now. Um, But I would say it's probably better to cut things off when things are good than when they are really, really bad. Definitely. And amicably when you can, it'll just hurt less. Um, And everyone will still be good. Yeah, definitely. Um, Having different ideas for what you want in the far or near future is reason enough to break up. Yeah. If you guys are not in the same on the same page for what you want out of life, that is a reason to break up, even though it doesn't feel particularly like anything's awful or you hope that you guys can make it work and come around and maybe you can, but if you can't like that, that is reason enough to break up with someone. What did, what did she say? Her lease is up in next Next July. July. Yeah. That is like quite a bit of time. But if you have this dark cloud looming over, when you are sure that you want to do it, or more certain than he is, like it's not going to, it's going to put an immense amount of pressure on what you, what you do have. Yeah. But I know it's, I understand that that's so hard when you think that everything is great right now um, and you just want it to stay the same, but... I think you've already realized that it can't stay the same. Something yeah. something is going to change. I wouldn't know what to do, to be fair. To like stay with someone for an additional nine months. Knowing that knowing, there is an end. Yeah. yeah. That to me would almost feel more painful. If If this is somebody that you want to remain in your life, regardless, I think the best thing would be to end things now and try to remain friends yeah. to not completely ruin everything. Yeah. Um, so if that's, if this is a person that you want in your life, I think you have to face this sooner rather than later. Yeah. But this is, this is on you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, your relationship better yes. than we know your relationship. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one. I thought I feel like I've heard so much so many takes about this type of question recently they said hi Maddie I am in a good relationship but I'm crushing hard on someone else and I feel terrible about it what's your take on this so I forget who I was listening to talk about this like earlier this week I do know who it is finding Mr. Height on TikTok Allie she's so good she has great takes about dating you guys should follow her if you don't already um she was talking about this and I agreed with her take completely I don't think 
that having crushes on other people while you're in a relationship is a bad thing. It's acting on them that is the bad thing. Yes. Being in a relationship with someone doesn't all of a sudden make it so that you are not going to be attracted to other people. That's not how it works, unfortunately. Like, if you are dating someone, you're still going to experience attraction to people that you meet throughout your life. That's just how it is. It is whether or not you choose to act on that attraction and those feelings that would make it a problem. Yeah. So I don't personally think that there's anything wrong with having a crush thinking someone's hot while you're in a relationship. I think it's unreasonable to expect yourself to stop like perceiving people that you think are hot just because you're dating someone. Yeah. That doesn't mean you want to be with them. That doesn't mean that you would ever cheat on your partner or take it to a place that's disrespectful. You just think they're cute. Yeah. Fair enough. I think just like be careful about what you are entertaining. Yeah. Um, because you might get hurt just as much. Right. If, if you are entertaining the idea of having this crush on somebody and you're spending a lot of time around them, like that's only going to hurt you. Right. As much as it might hurt your partner as well. Definitely. Um, I guess it just means it, it depends what you mean by crush, yeah. I guess. No, it's, it is absolutely absurd to think that you stop feeling attraction for other people the moment you're in a relationship. Yeah. What an, what an, what yeah. an absurd pressure to put on yeah. yourself. But if this is someone that you'd spend a good deal of time with, if it's like a, a friend that you are getting a, developing a crush on, that's where things could become more complicated. Yeah. Versus like a crush on someone that you walk past in a wee work twice a week. Yeah. Your neighbor that you see occasionally yeah. that's one thing maddie the barista is hot should i break up with my right. boyfriend <laughs> that one guy at trivia is super sexy what do i do <laughs> yeah exactly but if it is like a a friend a, someone that you spend a good deal of time with that you're developing a crush on that's more complicated i think you have to evaluate your relationship as well like what if you are really developing feelings for somebody else, I think you have to look inwards at the relationship that you're currently in Yeah. to see if there's something there that is causing you to doubt it or seek other options. If it elevates past like an innocent crush, this person is cute and goes into you daydreaming about potentially being with this person, that's when... I think you've got to start thinking about your current relationship and if you actually want to be in the relationship you are currently in. Yeah. And don't evaluate that based on like, could I be in a relationship with my crush instead? Don't do that. No. These are two entities that you have to evaluate separately. Right. Just use it as a jumping off point of like, hmm, interesting that I feel that way. What does this say about my current relationship status? Do I want to be in a relationship with this person? But having crushes is fun. Yeah. Just thinking someone's cute. I think that's fine. I don't think you have to feel terrible about that. No. Crushes are forever. And honestly, your partner has crushes too. Yeah. (laughs) You might not want to think about that part, but. (laughs) 
if you're in a relationship with someone, you both still perceive other people as hot. Yeah. Sorry. It's true, though. And that's okay. Next up, someone asked, how do you reconcile the feeling of wanting to be the cool girl with how you actually feel? I constantly feel like the ideal progressive feminist woman needs me to be sexually liberated, horny, open to experimenting, chill, and never jealous or needy. I have a low sex drive. I'm tired. I can't figure out my personal style, and I care a lot about a lot. For context, my boyfriend and I have opened up our relationship, which I have struggled with as he sleeps with others, but I feel like in order to be the cool girl, I shouldn't feel any type of way about it. I feel like I am not cool hot girl enough sometimes. Uh, guys it is time to kill the idea of cool hot girl it's not possible <laughs> it's not real it's, it is a one-way ticket to hurting your damn self yeah uh it's so exhausting that is a uh, a made-up vision of womanhood that has been created by men yes to fulfill a fantasy it's not real you shouldn't strive for it and striving for it just minimizes your own wants, needs, and desires, which shouldn't be the goal here. Your goal in a relationship shouldn't be to just please your partner's every last want and need, even when it goes against what you personally feel comfortable with. But like the more you describe this like cool girl, it's just someone without boundaries. Yeah. That's what you're describing. Which isn't very cool. <laughs> Nor fun for you in a relationship to yeah. just be constantly molding your boundaries to fit whatever your partner is requesting in the present moment. Like dating in New York has definitely put the cool girl pressure on mm-hmm. me. I'm sure you have experienced it as well. Yeah. I think dating in cities does that. A hundred percent. When there are just so many people, the dating pool is so seemingly big um, that you're in a competition with everybody to be like the coolest. Yeah. To be the chillest as if that will attract a hundred percent a partner. Right. Like as if that will attract the partner that you actually want. Yeah. Like the times that I have been the cool girl I was not a good partner to anybody. Yeah. I wasn't being a partner. Um, and if you were looking for a partner, I, I don't think being the cool girl is the way to get it. Um, and I mean, personally, the cool girl phase has never lasted very long because I just kind of naturally seek deeper attachment to people. That's what I'm after. And I don't, and when you sacrifice your own boundaries to please other people, you're just not going to reach that level of intimacy that fulfills you. Definitely not. And neither is your partner. The person you're with, like if they're seeking out a partner that is basically just a mirror that just repeats back to them everything that they want and say, like, they're not really seeking out a genuine deep connection either. If you want someone that just like gives you everything at the drop of a hat, I want sex right now. Horny right now. Now I'm going to do X, Y, Z and need you to not react and be chill. That's a robot that you want, not a girlfriend. 
Um, if you're struggling with the fact that you're in an open relationship, I think you definitely have to have a conversation with your partner about it. Yeah, 100%. I, underst- I fully understand that you can think you could be okay with something until it happens. And then you are suddenly faced with the situation that you thought you were okay with. Right. And it's completely okay to realize that you were not prepared for it. 100%. And you should not feel like you lied to your partner about being cool with an open relationship when you didn't know because you didn't have experience with it. Right. Being the cool girl is not going to get you the partner that you deserve. Yeah. The partner that you want in your life. Um, and I understand that being the cool girl seems like sometimes the only way to get a date. Yeah. Being, being down is the only way that somebody will keep like fucking with you for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sacrificing yourself and your boundaries based on a made up image that somebody else wants you to fulfill mm-hmm. is is not going to be fulfilling for you. And it's also what you're assuming your partner wants. Yeah. It might not be what your partner wants. I hope it's not. Yeah. I, I really hope that I would not have a partner who would be comfortable making me uncomfortable like that. It's hard. I feel like I, I look back at like my college self all the time I just started talking to my therapist about my college self like last week. I'm, I have a session tomorrow morning and I'm already kind of like, I don't even want to think about my college self. She stresses me out. I said the word regret last week and she was like, let's talk about that. And I was like, I shouldn't have said regret, <laughs> but I do kind of feel regret a lot of the times looking back on like who I was in college. Um, and part of why I feel that way is because I cared so much more about being wanted than I did about actually being myself or asking for what I wanted, setting those boundaries, communicating at all. And it wasn't my fault. I'm not going to blame myself for that. I think that I was exposed to a lot of really not nice people in college and men that really took advantage of my naivety at the time naivete and um I think as a result I became someone that like just so desperately wanted to be liked and wanted to believe that somebody could want me that somebody could love me that I wouldn't stand up for myself I wouldn't set boundaries I I would do exactly what you just described here feeling like I had to fit this mold of someone that was just so cool and so easy and so effortless to love that like I don't know I always thought that I was the problem I was too emotional I was too sensitive so if only I could just shrink myself a little bit if I could make myself smaller and easier and cooler then maybe people would like me more. And obviously it never works because that's not ever going to be who you are. You're never going to be happy with the relationships that you build while you're in that space of trying to be the coolest person in the room. 
And I talked about this a lot when I did my uh, year of no dating series, because that was something that was, I feel like when I started like sort of breaking down for the first time, the idea of cool girl inside my head and getting rid of this idea that like I was too much if I showed up and asked for what I really wanted in a relationship, if I set boundaries that it would make me so difficult to love that I would never find someone. And it sucks because I feel like a lot of young women are taught to believe that about themselves, that it's like, if you set boundaries, if you say this is what I'm comfortable with and this is what I'm not, if you're, too emotional, too sensitive, if you're not fucking down all the time, then you are just too difficult. You're too much and people aren't going to want you because of that. Young women get told this like in mass amounts. This is like a, you know, a reoccurring thing that so many of us feel. But at the end of the day, you will never be happy in a relationship with someone that forces you to constantly sacrifice your boundaries and hide who you actually are. If you are not someone that feels comfortable being in an open relationship, you will never feel comfortable in an open relationship. And you can pretend to be cool girl all you want up and down. You will never feel satisfied like that. So it doesn't matter how much you pretend that you're cool with it, how chill you are, how well you play to that image of what you think your partner might want, you will never be happy. Stop thinking about them, start thinking about you. (laughs) You will never be happy like this. I feel like you just have to start prioritizing standing up for yourself, figuring out what your boundaries are, what you are comfortable with and what you are not and setting those. And those can be things you figure out with your partner, but you have to tell them. You can't pretend like you're cool with everything all the time and never stand up for yourself and say what you actually want and set those boundaries. And the right person for you is never going to bat an eyelash when you say those things. Well, what is it that I always say? I can't even remember what I always say. I always say to myself, can't say the... Can't say the wrong thing to the right person. That the love that you deserve exists because you You exist. exist. So you can believe that you have to change yourself or mold yourself into something else in order to be loved or to find that in someone else, but it's just not true. And the right person for you, there's there's nothing... No boundary that you could possibly set that would make them go, oh my God, you're too much. You're way too much for me. The right person for you is going to respect your boundaries and is going to be, I mean, it's a partnership, right? They're going to hear you out and listen to you. Even if they don't completely understand you, they are committed to trying to understanding you. And if they're not, well, they're kind of a shitty partner. Yeah. (laughs) So... Don't, don't, don't pretend to be a partner that you know that you're not. And I know it could, you might think like, oh, if I just get over the initial shock 
of this. Maybe it'll change. Maybe I'll be okay with it. Um, but that there's a high probability that you'll never get over it. Yeah. That it'll always hurt. Yeah. Um, it's fine to not want to be in an open relationship. Absolutely. I can't believe that we like have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me really sad to think that uh, how agree. many people are going are new at dating and have to think like, this is fine. Yeah. This is the way it is. And I, I think what, what Jordan said earlier of like, you don't have to feel bad about not wanting an open relationship or not knowing that you didn't want an open relationship before agreeing to explore that. Sometimes it is something that you learn along the way. You learn by trying it out and realizing, actually, I'm not okay with this. Yeah. And it's, that's the same in like, in, if you're, um, exploring like your sexuality and stuff, if you notice, if you think you are okay with something, maybe you're trying like BDSM or whatever. If you think you would be okay with it and then in the moment you realize, no, you got to say it. Yeah. Like don't, if you, it is completely okay to change your mind in these things when you are still making up your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just something you have to learn along the way. You learn with a partner and hopefully if you're with someone that is caring and wants to be with you and wants to work through things with you, they will be receptive to you discovering that you don't actually want to do an open relationship. You are a person with boundaries and agency and it is not too much to demand that other people see you like that. Not at all. Not at all. That's it for today's show. Um, follow the podcast Instagram if you haven't already. Emotionally Online Pod. If you want to submit your own request for some advice, want to tell me the drama of what's going on in your life, uh, you can submit it at the question box down in the description. Thanks so much for coming on, Jordan. Yeah, I had a good time. Thanks for hanging out. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Dare.